citizens of the Universal Century, hello, and welcome to Three Times Faster, a Gundam podcast. I'm your host, Justin Meter, and joining me as always, resident expert, Sean Fitzgerald. Sean, how you doing, buddy? Doing all right, how about yourself? I'm a little sad. Yeah? I just sat down and watched several hours of what I think was the world's most depressing toy commercial. Right, but don't you just want to go out and buy those toys? Do they still sell them? They might. This is a an old... On anime. This is an old show, yes. From the year 1979. <laughs> yeah. Which is older than either of us. Yes. You had to think for a second, but yeah, even older than me. Yeah, yeah carry the one. Um, yeah, yeah, it's older. But it takes place in the year 0079. Universal Century 0079. That's the first thing you find out, mm-hmm. is that it is the year 0079. And there's a cluster of space colonies known as Side 3. Right, where people live their lives and die. It's, it's very dramatic. <laughs> very dramatic. It's dramatic. There's a cluster of space colonies known as side three, which have splintered off and, and declared war against uh, the earth federation. And things are rough, man. Each side in this war has lost half their population in the first month of the war. Yeah. And then eight more months pass mm-hmm. and there's a stalemate. Yeah. And then boom, the show begins. The first thing I noticed is this intro is baller. This Sean. intro is so 70s. It's the most 70s thing. <laughs> oh my God. It's so good. Gunnamu. Maybe there I we go. <laughs> <laughs> There's a dance routine. It's, it's bright and colorful. And yeah, they've, they've got choreography. All right. So the first scene after the baller intro. Yeah, so, so, the, so the intro, the, the narration kind of sets the stage. Yeah. Everything going on. And then. The name of the episode appears. Right. And it's called Gundam Rising. Right after the title card, we see three like green mobile suits, and uh, they're outside of one of the colonies, it looks like, mm-hmm. and they're like trying to break in. They have absolutely zero struggle getting into this colony. Right. Right. There's no security system, nope. no alarms set off. Got it kind of weird. <laughs> I was like, great security. They just, yeah. <laughs> they literally just like open a door. Yeah. They have one of the mobile suits stay behind, and- Two of the guys go in and start scoping out the area. So the first thing they notice is there are no people around. Right, where they all go. Which is weird because it is it, weird. I, I think it's supposed to be like rush hour or something. Yeah. Like they make some comment about that. And then they spot a they spot a girl running towards the house. Mm-hmm. And she's got like this little green BB-8 looking <laughs> yeah, <little> I mean, <laughs> uh, dude with her. Yeah. She comes bursting through this door. Mm-hmm. And she's like shouting, she says his name like 15 times yeah. in this first scene. Or, already hate her. They, right? Right? Oh my God. Already like, hate her. Shut up. Already annoying. Like, oh God. I don't even know who Amaro, I'm, I don't know who Amaro is. I feel bad for Amaro. Right? <laughs> she bursts in and she's like, he hasn't even eaten breakfast. And then she runs upstairs right. and Amaro is just like sitting at his desk in his underwear, messing around with a microscope. Because which is, I, I don't know. He says he's like, I'm good at, I'm good at the science. He's, he says he's working on a computer, yeah, that's but a, that's he's looking through a microscope. That's a microscope. I don't know if he's like soldering circuits or yeah. I don't know what he's doing. <laughs> and he doesn't even acknowledge the girl. He goes, hey, Haro, it's good to see you. Haro is the little BB-8 thing. Yeah. Right. You're looking. I think Haro says like you're looking well today or something. <laughs> and this girl is just like freaking out. She's like opening cupboards and, yeah. and shaking ba- shaking crumbs out of bags. Like, what's going on? And at this point, they haven't explained why she's freaking no. out. Why haven't you packed? She's just freaking out. Why, why aren't you packing? And, you, and, you, and God, I already hate her. <laughs> and I'm thinking like maybe they're going on a vacation together, you know? Yeah. Right? No. Not well, maybe. Nope. I mean, it's kind of a vacation together. 
She's like, <laughs> hey, there's an evacuation order. We got to get the F out of here. Yeah. We got to go. And he's just like kind of annoyed by the whole thing. Like, mm-hmm. wait, what? An evacuation order? Just, ah, just like, ah, this ah. is the first time we realize that Armoro kind of sucks. <laughs> <laughs> We get an inkling. I don't think I felt that yet, but we get an inkling here. So I'm lamp- sure. I'm lampshading a bit, but we gotta get an inkling. Like, oh, you're kind of a piece of shit, are you? <laughs> Welcome to Gundam. <laughs> so, so she she tells Amaro there's an evacuation order. They have to get out of there immediately because mm-hmm. there's a Federation ship docking. Mm-hmm. And um, he he's annoyed, and then she just like leaves. He's like, all right, I'll whatever, I'll I'll go. And right. she she leaves and immediately confronts what I assume is Amaro's neighbor who she addresses as Hayato. Hayato. And she's like, dude, why the fuck didn't you tell Amaro there's an evacuation? And he was like, I don't know. I don't know. I got other shit to do. He's not my fucking. Right. Not my responsibility. Yeah. And she goes, that's your neighbor. And he's all alone in there. His, his dad's not around. You were supposed to tell him. Yeah. And if I was Hayato, I was like, still not my fucking problem. Right? <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and Hayato's response is a little weird here. Yeah. I don't he, know if it translated well. He so he addresses the girl as Frau Bo. Uh-huh. So we we then learn that that's her name. Yeah, which um, I thought girl was kind of weird because I was taking German when uh, this this show came on. So I thought it was like Frau as in like yeah. It's I guess it's I guess it's like Frau Bo. It's Frau Bo. Like, it, it's, it like the yeah. way that it's written. I'm probably I just assume like oh it's like Frau Frau Ein Frau. Right, right. Yeah, that was it's sort like of, Mrs. Bo. Oh, she's good. Like, she's right. German. Um, Frau Bo. Yeah, right. But he he then like he kind of does this thing where he like well. We have to evacuate because of the Federation. And if people like Amaro's dad didn't move in here, we wouldn't have to be doing this again. I, I kind of like my old house. Like, he's, he's kind of a jerk about it's, it. He's right? kind of like, whining about like, it. Like, oh, like, I wasn't going to tell my neighbor. Right. And I assume his friend. So, so far, like same age. all the characters that we've introduced, we hate all of them. Yeah, kind of. <laughs> Haro's cool. Yeah, Haro's cool. I'm, 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 uh, I'm on board with the robot. Yeah, but everybody else, all the human characters <laughs> yeah. so far are just... She's going to run in and have... Oh, oh god shut up and then um, and then Amaro himself was like uh, I, don't, I don't really yeah. care and then Hayato's apparently just gonna let his neighbor like yeah. not evacuate also doesn't care because he used to like his old house better he takes it someone hollers to him I assume like a parent or something and then he takes off and then Amaro shows up and he's in a sweet future car right it's like a future convertible yeah and he's and like he's, stuffing his face he's eating a sandwich he's right fine whatever fine I'll fucking try he, he seems and he, and the animation I mean it's an old animation so it doesn't like do it very well but you get the impression like he can't be bothered. Right. <laughs> so he's just like, whatever, I'm just going to my face. We'll drive to the fucking spaceport, whatever it has to go to. And then this is where uh, Frau says, uh, you're a hopeless cause. <laughs> and then that's what I'm rewatching. But he really is. He's just the worst. So the fun, thing, <laughs> the fun thing about that is that line, the way it's translated in the subtitles is Amuro, it's bad manners to eat and drive, which is, <laughs> which I don't know if that's a Japanese thing sure. or not. But anyway, uh, Frambo gets in the car with Amuro. And they speed off. And I think one of the things that I noticed, and I don't know if this is like, again, because I don't really watch a ton of anime, Mm -hmm. but I noticed that the steering wheel was on the left-hand side of the car Mm -hmm. and they were driving on the right-hand side of the road, Mm. which is the American style of, uh, I I don't know if that was just adopted as the the standard for space. I don't know how Japan drives. Uh, I believe Japan drives on the right side of the road with the steering wheel on the right-hand side. Okay. So they're driving in Frabo asks um, starts asking Amaro questions like do, do you know if your dad's on this ship like is there gonna you be- don't tell me nothing yeah is, is there gonna <laughs> is there gonna be fighting here and, oh fucking no mm-hmm. and 
we really get a glimpse into Amaro's relationship with his dad here. Very, he, very, he, very brief. Yeah, kind of, well, yeah, get, get, he, yeah. Sa- he says he doesn't tell me anything. And, yeah. and, and Frabo's already told Hayato, like, his dad's never around. Right? Right. He's all alone in there. So, no mention of his mother, but you're, you already get this sense of, like, okay, his parental relationship, not that great. Right. What we don't get a sense of is how old any of these people are. That's true. It's not really revealed until a little later, like, how, just how old everyone is and is not. <laughs> right. So... Cut to a couple of military officers, and they're like talking about the Gundam, mm-hmm. and that's the first time we hear that word. And then how White Base is leading is they said it. They said the name of the show. They did. <laughs> they did. They totally did. And then how White Base is, uh, they seem irritated. Like White Base is leading a Zeon ship to the colony, right? And then and then the ship starts to dock. Um, I assume that's the the White Base. Then we have our first scene with Mister Bright. Mister Bright. And he opens uh, the door to Lieutenant Ray's room and says, hey, uh, we're docking. You got to get to the bridge. And so we learn that the Lieutenant Ray is Tem Ray, who is Amaro's father. Right. Uh, he has a photo of Amaro, like, a, I think, like on a, a yeah. desk or something. And, and there's some exposition that kind of walks through, like, the really, it, just things, basically, just the general back background between him and Amaro and... And then even Bright's background a little bit, like how old he is. You find out Bright's like nineteen. Yeah, um, I I kind of missed that. I and, think a little bit and on like, first watch. Yeah, you kind of find like, he's, he's nineteen. He's like, oh geez, well you know, Tem's re- uh, response is very much like, well, we don't need to. Hopefully, we won't have to send gorillas your age. Like you know, they send kids your age even younger out there. Hopefully, um, we won't have to do that anymore. Based on like X, Y, and Z. Like, yeah, he he basically says like, my son's fifteen. Yeah. And I've heard that there are people that young fighting in the war. Yeah. And Bright's like, yeah, that's that's yeah. true. I've heard that. Too. So my first thought when I saw this, like, oh, he's oh, Amaro's fifteen. No wonder he sucks. <laughs> <laughs> I sucked then too. Oh shit! <laughs> yeah, re- rewatching it for sure. I watched it around. I think it was fifteen, so it was like, oh, he's oh, he's, oh, he's my age. Man, I relate. Right. Um. But yeah, rewatching it. Like, oh yeah, that's that's why he sucks. He's. 15 <laughs> right and so lieutenant ray basically says to uh to bright that's why i want to manufacture or ma- mass produce the gundam because mm-hmm. we're gonna we're gonna end this war and no more kids are gonna be fighting right mm-hmm. this really sets the tone for how dark uh, things are if you didn't gather from the opening where they're like right. hey half the population of earth and space are gone right right um, yeah we're gonna sell you some toys but right. that's that's the opening and then they're like hey 15 year olds are fighting as gorillas yeah in this war. war is hell right so it's things are not good the scene then changes and we're on another ship mm-hmm. and there's a dude with a a silver helmet on and he's he's like dressed in like a, a red uniform yeah he is my boy and uh, and he's speaking to one of his subordinates, and they're talking about um, something called the the v, the Federation's V project, right? And they're sort of speculating that the Federation may have been developing advanced mobile suits. Because my fr- my first thoughts were: this dude looks like if Shredder joined the Third Reich. <laughs> I mean, oh, don't do my boy like that. <laughs> don't worry. There there are some, I think from the Xeon uniforms, there are some parallels that you can draw. I think they're intentional. Yes. Uh, to like yeah, not I'm, Nazi Germany. I'm or, nodding, but yes. Or uh, even, I guess, with the helmet style, like uh, it was probably more like a Prussian, like World War One era. Early, kind of like helmet. urban but, German. But definitely Germany, yes. right? Is like, that's what they're going for. Yeah. Which is a little weird because this is 1979. 
So it's a little weird to see the parallel to Nazi Germany on a Japanese cartoon for children. So I can, I can appreciate you thinking it's weird. The show itself is, I think it's, they're barring, and while they're reading a little heavier into it, because again, it's 79, it's a kid show, so they, they, they want to be kind of over the head of, these are the bad guys in the Federation and the good guys, while the writing itself is a little more gray than that, but the visuals, because again, if I'm a kid watching the show, I'm not paying that much attention to the dialogue and the story. Sure. I'm just waiting for the action to happen. And clearly looking at this, oh, these are the bad guys because they look like the bad guys. And then these are the good guys because they look like the good guys. Yeah, that's true. So why not style them after historically the the baddest guys there ever was? Right. So we then cut back to the mobile suits that first landed on the colony. The, the, the two that are inside from mm-hmm. the first scene. And we learn their names. One of them, who's the clearly the subordinate, uh, Gene, launches a surprise attack. Yeah. He sees... He's all like the Gundam parts. Yeah, he's like, I'm gonna be a hero. And, the, and his commander office is like, what? Are you, what the fuck are you doing? Right. This is supposed to be a recon mission. The recon mission. Very clearly. And he's like, man, Commander Star didn't follow fucking orders. Man, yep. basically, pretty much. <laughs> and uh, Gene sees trucks carrying what he believes are mobile suit parts. Yeah. And he just—I mean—at this point, when he says Commander Star, because the juxtaposition of the scenes, I mean, you could kind of infer that the other guy that. We just saw Space Shredder, as you refer to him as, <laughs> is Char. Uh, so we cut to the scene. He's like, all right, Commander Char. I'm like, oh, I guess I'm Char. Um, I guess he doesn't follow any rules. <laughs> oh, kind of a badass, yeah, huh? Gene's an idiot. Yeah, he just starts blasting everything in sight. And yeah. the animation during some of these explosions it's real bad. is particularly <laughs> it's bad. It's real bad. <laughs> it reminded me a lot of the like first couple seasons of Beavis and Butthead. Yeah. Which Mike Judge just did not know how to draw. Yeah. Just, yeah. Uh, they're bad. <laughs> but it's kind of funny. Yeah. It takes you out of it for a second. Like, All right. This is still a good show. Yeah. <laughs> then we see Amaro and a bunch of civilians in some sort of shelter. And... You can hear like the explosions and stuff going on outside and Amro decides like this is not safe. Like we can't stay here. We have to get on the ship. I need to go find my dad and tell him that he has to get us right. on the ship. And he steps outside immediately that Zeon Zaku is in his face. Yeah. And starts blowing up troops right in front of him. Um, what the fuck? He asks a couple of guys that are driving by in like a, a, a Jeep. Like, hey, do you know where do you know where Tim Ray is? I'm looking, you know, I'm looking for my dad. Yeah. And I think they say like he's probably on. Well, first, of, first of all, like, what, what the fuck are you doing here, kid? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're supposed to be in the shelter. Yeah. Kind of tropey. Like, oh, kid in a place he doesn't belong. Oh, they're driving in a Jeep. They get out. The Jeep immediately blows up. Mm-hmm. And Amaro sees he has his first experience with seeing death. Right. Uh, the shrapnel from the explosion wrecks his car, his sweet future car. And, uh, and don't get attached. <laughs> don't get attached to anything. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. And he kind of gets up after freaking out because he's just seen these two guys blow up in front of him. Mm-hmm. And there's a, a book on the ground next to him, like a, a pamphlet of sorts. And it's, yeah, it's, this, this it's got great. a giant V on it. Great. Like, oh, this could clearly. Yeah. Clearly plot device right here. It's got a giant G- V. Yeah. And uh, and he opens it up and he's like, oh, he, he immediately recognizes what's in there as the mobile suit that his dad was working on. And then the scene changes and we cut back to dollar store shredder. Uh, <laughs> Don't do my point like that. <laughs> <laughs> and and he's is being informed by one of the troops, Slender, which is a great name for a dude yeah. that Gene just like lost it. And so he, he basically tells Slender like, all right, that sucks, but go in and support them. 
and then take as many photos as you can to confirm that this mm-hmm. is a, that the Federation has developed mobile suits because he kind of doesn't believe it. Right. I don't know what it is. You would think that like Earth having the Federation would have the resources to they, build the mobile suits. They kind of get into it like some of the other series and the, particularly Origin too. Where they get into like how Xeon was able to create these mobile suits and these mobile suits basically changed the shape of warfare. Right. And the Federation had was woefully behind and what they had for because they were kind of developing mobile suits on their own a little bit and what they had was the hottest of trash comparatively to um, the Xeon mobile suits. Um, and as a result, they got, they they basically got their ass wrecked right early on. So the fact that and they kind of wreck, I, guess, I don't know if they retcon things or they kind of like retooled things a, a little bit later on, specifically in Origin, or if there's more information in the books which I haven't read. Zeon has has had the upper hand with the mobile suits, and the fact that the Federation has been able to develop any based on I think Zeon at this point has a lot of control over the space resources needed to make these things, like in right on the moon or what have you. The fact that they were able to develop anything, they're like, oh, uh, well, shit. <laughs> yeah, he, he, he seems pretty shocked by it. Yeah. And so that's why he, he asked for the receipts. <laughs> so after that conversation, Char tells the crew to move the ship closer to side seven, which now we know that's the name of the, the yeah. colony that they're at. And people are just getting blown up left and right while the military is trying to uh, transport the Gundam. Mm-hmm. And Amaro's running and Starts hollering to his dad. You can see him. Yeah. And the line that I think that sticks out, Tem is talking to another Federation officer about the order of operations and says that the Gundam must go before the evacuees. Mm-hmm. Like, that's more important than the people. Yep. Which, again, just sort of drives home that point that, like... It kind of drives home the point a little more specific to Tem. Like, Tem is very involved with his own work and does not care about literally anything else. Like, the Gundam sure. needs to go first. Literally fuck everything else. Right. Uh, Gundam first, whether it's my orders or not. The way he delivers the line is very, it feels very personal. Like, I don't, I don't give a fucking shit. Just get the Gundam out. Right. And it's coming from him, not like from his superior or whatever. It's literally coming from Tim. And Amaro hears this and then asks his dad, are, are mobile suits more important to you than human beings? Yes. They are. <laughs> they very clearly are. Very clearly. Uh, Tim makes that pretty clear. He seems very annoyed. Yeah, well, I think he's, he's annoyed that Amaro is out. Yeah, it, uh, in, a, in a war doing? zone. Yeah, like, and he's like, "You guys, get on, you got to get on white base." And then <laughs> yeah, we'll get into that. Um, and so that's even Amaro's like, "What the fuck is white base?" And so that's when the other Federation officer informs Tam that like they're having a hard time getting the truck with the, the Gundam on it moving. Yeah, and I'll go get a tractor. Yeah, Tem, Tem says he's going to take off to find a tractor and tells Amaro mm-hmm. to get on my base. And um, that's when Amaro first lays eyes on the Gundam. So he, start, he yeah. starts looking through the manual a little bit, and then you hear Frabo calling his name again. Yep. And she's running towards him, and then explosions. It's, and she, yeah. gets, she gets bounced she hard. She gets thrown. And yep. everyone behind her, when she gets up, they're all on the ground. Yep. She starts sobbing calling out to her mother and her grandfather. It's Uh, sad. It's a sad moment. Yeah. But it brings us to the first moment of many. Oh, is this going to be a running theme? (laughs) The first moment of many throughout the series. It's our first slap. (laughs) (laughs) I'm glad that these are going to continue. (laughs) It's Um, our first slap. I'm I'm not going to lie. I was a little taken aback. Now, granted, we already know that Amaro is 15, so we can make the assumption that Frabo is about 14, 15 as well. Mm Mm-hmm. But he smacks her across the face. I She's think, hysterical. I think Frau's a little older, actually. We'll oh, okay. Find out, we find right. out later on, but yeah. He, he, 
I guess maybe smack her across the face is, yeah. is a bit much, but he, he slaps her out of it. She's she's hysterical, and he's like, "Hey, you got to run, get out of it!" Like he does, he slaps her, and, it, and it, if you're not haven't seen the sh- the series before, you're like, "Okay, well, she's he's slapping her just to get it, like fucking get your senses calm. We we, we got to move, right? Just, yeah, you're, you're, I get you're hysterical, but yeah. you're gonna end up with your mother and your grandfather if you don't move now, right? So he sends her off the white base, but it's a little weird. It is. It's watching it now in 2019. Yeah. Yeah. So he sends her off to white base and the troops that are out on side seven start requesting backup because they're under attack. Right. And white base basically is like, nope, sorry, can't do it. Like yeah. you'd have to blast a hole in the side of the colony, which I don't really understand why, but whatever. And, um, spoilers, the captain, yeah, <laughs> the captain of the, uh, of the ship kind of sighs and basically says like, Oh, we, we never expected an attack from within the colony, mm. which is like you didn't install a security system yeah. in the colony. So maybe you should have white base literally just showed up in that colony that day, which is the main reason for the evacuation to begin with. They right. Wanted, they wanted civilians to get the fuck out of the way in case something like this happened. Unfortunately, everything happened way too quick. Yeah. Um, and you kind of piece that together, like after the fact, that's a civil watchings because it's not very clear. Right. On the onset of the episode at all. So at this point, Amaro grows some cojones. And he's like, that's the Gundam. I've been reading this book for about 30 seconds. Well, I feel like I feel like I'm qualified. To do yeah, this. yeah, I, I can I can do this. And instead of waiting for his dad and that other officer to come back with the tractor to move the Gundam, mm-hmm. he decides I'm going to get in this thing and move it myself. Mm-hmm. And he gets in this mobile suit and he, and he really struggles yeah. to get this thing moving at all. He's yeah. like pulling levers and hitting buttons and the legs are wobbling. And, he, and he's frustrated. Like, yeah. I should know how to do this. I read the manual all 30 seconds beforehand. Right. <laughs> and and he's just really struggling to get up. And I, I was looking at a microscope earlier. I know the science. Clearly. I'm a man of science. My dad made this thing, so I automatically should know. But I, I like this scene, though, because I think uh, a lot of cartoons or or movies just sort of play up the whole like oh this person is just naturally gifted and just knows mm-hmm. how to do these things or has these innate abilities or powers and this is sort of like we see this overzealous kid mm-hmm. think he can do something that don't worry later he's going to be able to do but he is not good at it his first time no. his first go round no. and no and they make him at the, I think at this point when he's reading the um, manual earlier I think he's on the ground reading it I think oh this is interesting yeah talks about how it has like a self-learning computer yeah and he gives a lot of credit to that later on but also like just like yeah kind of just really enforces like oh yeah he he's kind of a complete fucking idiot <laughs> yeah. in, the, in the suit he's not immediately subtly super talented and knows how to do everything yeah so the Xeon soldiers are shocked that the mobile suit's working at all because mm-hmm. they're under the impression I guess that it's just parts that have not been assembled but they see Amaro struggling in it and they're like and Gene of course in his infinite wisdom is like first oh. he's shocked he's like oh right first he's shocked and then he's like oh it's having a hard time even standing I'm gonna take this thing out right and he lights it up and nothing happens yeah and he goes oh shit, shit. <laughs> <laughs> I don't understand right yeah. Amaro shoots back at him but it's like immediately out of ammo. Does mm-hmm. it doesn't hit him, and so he just runs at this dude. He panics. He panics. I'm like, I, I, where are the weapons? And the dude yeah. ends up like, ah, he ends up accidentally firing the Vulcan right. cannons at him. Yeah, and he's like, ah, and then he and then he runs out of ammo. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's like, oh, 
Yeah, oh, it was uh, very, very short lived. What do I do now? Yeah. And he just kind of charges at the Zaku. Yeah. And just like rips these like this. I don't know. There's like a hose or something on the front of it. And he just sort of like rips very it famous, off. Very famous scene. He rips like, right off the um, the face mask. Yeah. Of the, of the, the Zaku. Rips the uh, the whole thing off. And, and there's a very stark cell with like. It's very, very famous scene. Yeah, just the, the parts flying yeah. off this thing. And um, this is this is where we really, like, see how strong the Gundam is, right? right? It, we're, the, we're showcasing, oh, shit, this is this is the machine that's going to change. I, I don't even need ammo. Yeah. Right. The Xeon pilots are completely taken aback. Mm-hmm. The the shots against it did absolutely nothing. Mm-hmm. And then it's able to just melee this, this Zaku. Yeah, just fucking throw it. The grabs the face back and just throws it into the dirt. Hundreds of yards away, I'm assuming. So, and then we see our uh, not lightsaber. Yeah, beam saber. Our, our not Amuro's, beam saber. Amuro, Amuro is searching for other weapons. Yeah, because he's, he's out of ammo. He flicks like a dial. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And, oh, yeah. And there's this okay. little there's this little display, and like the shoulders light up <laughs> yeah. on, on the display, and then boom, pulls out right. the beam saber. Another accessory for the toy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> pulls out the beam saber and. Gene and uh, I, I lost the name Slender? of this. Is it Slender. I, no, it's not Slender. No. Slender's the guy that's outside. Denim? Is it, yes. is it, is it Levi? Denim. Yeah. Gene, <laughs> Gene is talking. Wrangler. Wrangler's over there. And <laughs> <laughs> Denim and Gene are talking. I just put that together. Yeah. You you literally, yep. you, you made the denim joke, but then I just realized the other guy's name is Gene. Yep. I'm an, I'm an idiot. I'm an idiot. <laughs> oh, my God. So, yeah. so Denim and Gene are talking. Yep. <laughs> and and he's like, can you get back up to where Slender is? He's like, oh, yeah, I'll be fine. I get the backup camera. And Amaron goes, nope. He pulls out this beam saber and he cuts, cuts Gene in half. straight in half. And he's like, God, die, Zaki, Skam, or whatever. However, it's straight. Yeah, yeah. Know, and he cuts him in half. And then there's and an explosion. There's a big explosion. And we see, I guess, how fragile the, yeah. the colony construction is not meant to take an explosion. No, very dainty. Uh, <laughs> a hole is blown inside of the colony and space is revealed mm-hmm. and air just gets sucked out of the colony. And the tractor that Tem Ray and the other Federation trooper right. on gets sucked out and into for, the vacuum. For years, space. this is new to me, news to me, because for years, no idea that that's Tem. I didn't put it together until I rewatched the show very recently. I did not see it during my first watch of the episode. Yeah. Shout out to Mobile Suit Breakdown for this. And, I listened to their recap of the first episode mm-hmm. and then rewatched it and said, oh, shit. Right. That's his dad. And I, I, didn't, I didn't put it together because she didn't put it. Oh, he's just he just died. He's just out in space now. And then Amr's like, has no idea. Absolutely no idea that he literally just probably might have killed his dad. He, yeah. He <laughs> murdered his father. <laughs> so he realizes at this point, I, OK, I can't hit the Zaku's in their re- reactor. Right. I got to find another way to kill him. Sean, people like blowing stuff up. Yeah. Uh, I feel like they probably should have designed the space colonies to take a little bit of a hit. That's just me. I don't I know. I mean, I don't think they were designed with uh, withstanding, you know, attacks in mind. They were mostly just designed to inhabit people. Um, who knows? Who knows? I mean, it was essentially a little mini nuclear explosion that went off. Okay, that's fair. I guess, I guess the reactors in these mobile, mobile suits would have to be pretty strong. Right. So... We cut back to Bright, and he's ordering the evacuees onto the ship, and basically says that whoever's piloting the Gundam is going to be in charge of making sure that it makes it. Mm-hmm. And the sort of final scene that we see is uh, Shard on his ship firing missiles at side seven, and he he has this line 
I don't know how significant this is, but there, it kind of stood out to me. This, this is like the, the last line that he says, which is, no one likes to admit the mistakes made due to his own youth, but I guess this time I simply have no choice. Hmm. I don't know if, if he's referring to himself here or if this is supposed to be about Amaro, but it, it seemed significant to me in some way. So, And then we cut to the, the end song after that. What is it? Amaro. Amaro. <laughs> which is, that song is great. Yeah, I, I love all the music of the show. The original airing of the of the show in the states in Tsunami did not have that uh, ending credit song. It was not. It was not. Maybe same. that's why they cut it early. Maybe it had nothing to do with nine eleven. <laughs> they <laughs> oh, were we, like, "Oh, we don't have. We don't the, have the right song. We don't have the ending credits. We don't have the right song. No, it, and it was a completely different uh, sequence as well. If I remember correctly, it was Amaro floating in space, gotten him like destroyed behind him, basically, um, and try to float towards like a, a shuttle, Mirai and Frau, and like all all the cast of characters. Are kind of there trying like reaching out to him. Yep. Um, and that's that's it. But this is completely different. I like this, this one is, better. This one's like like a close up of Amaro's face. It's very somber at the beginning, but it's mostly like it's hopeful. Um, yeah. it's so it's so weird. It's it, so Japanese. It's so weird. The, <laughs> the intro song and the the end credit song are both they're both hopeful in this way that the show is just not. Yeah. It's right, just especially not. the intro is yeah. just like oh yeah it's like snazzy and upbeat. And there's yeah. a dance routine and then you get into it and you're like. Everyone is dead, right? <laughs> so there's there's a real weird, real weird disconnect. Yeah, absolutely. I do want to talk briefly about the design of uh, the space colony. So I first saw it and thought that it looked like the Stanford Taurus design, mm-hmm. which is named after Stanford University, where it was invented. Um, and I, I did a little bit of research, and I let me pull up the year here, but it was slightly before the show. So 1975, NASA came up with this, and this is it's basically like the Stanford Taurus is basically like a, a a big donut in space. You play Elite Dangerous with me, yeah. So some of the space stations, some of the space stations have this share that design, yeah, right? Yeah. But there was this American physicist named Gerard O'Neill who proposed a different design, right. uh, like a year later, slightly different, called I mean, the O'Neill same, Cylinder. Same and, principle, but just different. Yeah, it's design. it's. I'll put these in the show notes, but uh, it's it's basically like it's a it's a round cylinder. Um, so the Stanford Taurus is more, I think, like the Halo from the Halo game series, whereas O'Neill Cylinders inspired the look of the colonies in Gundam. Yeah. Um, but sure. it's fascinating because it's an actual design that, like, in theory would work. So the show creators did enough research to, like, come up with, okay, we don't want you to just, like, throw people in space. Yeah. Right. Like, they took an actual recent design at that time mm-hmm. and said, okay, this should work in theory. Uh, and then they even talk about the the points where the different colonies would be, which are Lagrange or, or Lagrangian points, which is is I won't get into the the science behind it because no. I, I I won't even claim to understand it entirely. But it's basically there are five points between any two bodies that orbit each other that are sort of uh, they're like stable orbits. Mm-hmm. And so if you were to put something in orbit in one of those positions, it would stay there. It would stay there. Um, yeah. Would be, yeah. And so the idea is we would put the colonies in these locations. That way they would always be in the same we always know where they distance are. away we, from, yeah. you know, the earth and moon. Um, it, uh, it, yeah, it's, it's super, it's really interesting to have a kid show have it's science based on like real actual scientific theories and or science. They did some research. Yeah. So props for that. Yeah. Episode two, destroy Gundam. Let's get into it. Let's get into it. You're into it. Yeah. <laughs> you're doing now. You watch the first episode. You're like, well, I want to, I want to see more of this. got to keep going. The Xeon ships are just lighting this colony up with missiles mm-hmm. and, um, they blow, uh, a hole into the side of, I think it's the hangar that 
everyone that's like trying to get onto white bases. And there's this really neat scene where uh, this dude pulls a lever. Yeah. And this stuff that looks like like floating bubble gum. Yeah. Gets sucked towards the uh, the hole that's like the vacuum of space sucking all the air out. Yeah. And just like patches it. Yep. That's kind of neat. That's I don't know if that's based on any sort of actual, te- you know, theorized tech. I don't, but I don't know enough about stars in his proven, but it, well, it probably works. <laughs> it, it looked pretty cool and it plugs up the hole. So. And then uh, Amaro is telling Frabo, she realizes he's in the Gundam. Yeah. And I, mean, uh, cause I, he, I think he stops like an explosion or something with the yeah. Gundam's hand. And there's like a speaker on it. Like, yep. Yeah. <laughs> well, of course, if you're going to build a giant suit, you got to build a megaphone. Right. On of course. Thing. And he's like, Frabo, get everybody out of the area and onto the ship. Then we see white base getting lit up. And Still the dumbest name. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and, and the captain of white base, he, he gets hit uh, with a blast. He's like uh, on one. Of, I think he's like on one of the mounted guns and he gets shot. <laughs> And I'm so I'm sorry. I'm so laughing at the name white bases. It's just like describe this ship. Well, it looks like a base and it's white. Well, tell me three other things about it. Nah. <laughs> All right. You want me to tell you three other things about it? Uh, in my research, I learned that it was originally uh, drawn for a different anime. Yep. <laughs> uh, Tamino hated it. Hated it. It was it was mostly to sell the toys. Um, He's like, I don't care. Just call it whatever the fuck you want. And and <laughs> mo- the mobile suit breakdown crew theorized that them naming it white base was potentially like Tamino's way of telling the toy company off. Right. Of like, I don't even care about this thing. Yeah. You've made, you've made me make this ship something I don't care about. So I'm going to give it a stupid <laughs> name, name. <laughs> uh, as a way to retaliate. It is a base that is white. Yep. There you go. <laughs> Sell your dumb toys. But that captain gets all messed up from the, sh- from the shrapnel. And then we cut to Char and he is uh, getting debriefed from slender. Mm-hmm. Uh, he he starts telling him about all about the Gundam and the fight with the Gundam and and Char is just like again in disbelief mm-hmm. that this suit just oh yeah we shot at it and it didn't, nothing happened right and then right. It, and then it just destroyed Gene and he orders one of the crew to open up a communication channel with Vice Admiral Dozel oh Dozel we can learn more about Dozel later oh good I can't wait <laughs> so then we see Frabo. And she's with the evacuees, and there's this uh, hot little blonde girl who's walking over, <laughs> sashaying over, and she's, she's like, well, so okay, in my head, that's, that's what she did. <laughs> and she's like, uh, hey, I need someone to help tend to wounds. And so Frabo kind of floats off with her, uh, which was just, it was this weird thing where I was like, oh, yeah, no, yeah, there's, oh, yeah, there's limited space. gravity here. Right, space, yeah. <laughs> And so she starts sending to the captain's wounds and that's when he talks to uh, Mr. Bright and is like, uh, you're in charge now. Mm-hmm. And everyone else is dead. Every soldier and engineer inside seven is eliminated by two Zakus. Right. Really one. Cause it was, it was really mostly Jean. It looked like right. And Bright explains there's only 10 people on the ship that are combat ready. Like everyone's fucking dead. Now I don't know how many people they brought, <laughs> but 10 seems like, a crazy small number right. of people who have we're survived just, this we're just, we're just highlighting like how much war sucks. Yeah. In case you didn't know. And I have, I have a note here, Sean, and I don't remember the exact way that the scene plays out, but this is when I noticed that we're in the future, but we're still using corded phones yeah. to communicate. He, I think yeah. Bright probably like picks up. I mean, this <laughs> happens throughout the entire show, but I think Bright picks up what essentially looks like the receiver to a corded I love, I love this in old science fiction shows or movies. Like right. Blade Runner does this a ton too because like, especially the scene where Deckard's like examining the photo with like on an old CRT TV and watching yeah, it and you're like 
Yeah, we don't even have those now. It's <laughs> weird, right? Like, I can't remember the last time I had a corded phone in yeah. my home. So you know, when you're doing future designs, like yeah. that, it just sometimes like you miss something. You miss something. Yeah. yeah. Like so, this. I mean, meanwhile, Armro's reading a paper manual about how to pilot a giant space robot. That's true. <laughs> that's true. You would think that thing would be like built in, right? Yeah. And like on a computer screen or something. But you think Clippy would show up? I got it's easy. Try hey, to, I see you're trying like, to make the gun to move. <laughs> Looks like you can try to kill Zaku. Can I help you with that? Yeah. No. Dismiss. Get out of here. I'm working on a resume. So Bright's like, all right, I'll I'll take this over, but I don't know how to fly this thing. And the captain's all, hey, don't worry, the computer will do it. And then this uh this woman that's in the room says, Hey, I've I've flown some space stuff. Before. I've, I've done some space stuff. I've done some of the flying of the spaceships. Uh, she With inter- an accent, in it. she doesn't have an accent. No, no, I, I had accent added for effect. Uh, she introduces herself as Mirai Yashima, and the captain goes, "Ah, oh, Mirai Yashima, I'm the Yashima family." Like I don't know if we're supposed to know who that is, or or if maybe he's just trying to signify that she's from some yeah. well-known family. But she's like, "Hey, I'll I'll pilot this." They kind of allude to like, "Oh, you're you're not just anybody." No, right? she's of the Yashima family, right? Very important. It's very the way it comes around. Like, oh, you're from fucking money. It kinda. Yeah. Like, yeah. Oh, yeah. You're like, oh, I know your family. Yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. Mirai Kardashian. Pretty. Yeah. Mm, mm. Okay. Well, all right. <laughs> Maybe that was a bad. Yeah. All right. Oh, Mirai Gates. <laughs> yeah. Oh, of the Gates family. So we learned during Shar's conversation here with Dozel that uh, he starts off being. <laughs> it's kind of funny. He starts off getting chastised for not attending a party that was being thrown in his honor. Yeah. Right. There's some sort of a celebration. I don't know if it's like well, it, 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 war achievements again, or it's just, it's just highlighting Char. The character doesn't give, doesn't give a shit. And then, <laughs> and then maybe like a little bit of like, and also kind of highlights position in this whole thing, because yeah. they're in the middle of a war, but they're plenty of time and, and yeah, resources we, and money. Zion very clearly has, and has the upper hand. Even though the, the uh, interest is like they're out of stalemate. I mean, I guess so much. Ain't no party like a stalemate party. Right. Right. So Shar's like, yeah, whatever party. Fine. Uh, You know, the thing called the V project. And Dozel's like, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Perks up a little bit. Hey, I think I found it. Yeah. And Dozel kind of laughs and and, and says something like Shar, the red comet strikes again. Shar goes, okay, so I I found it, but we lost two Zaku's. Mm -hmm. So I, I need them. I need more. Dozel seems taken aback that a single Federation mobile suit took out two Zaku's. He's like, what the fuck? <laughs> Which, like, that doesn't seem like a lot to me. Like, I feel like someone in another Zaku could get lucky and take out two Zaku's, right? Like, yeah. if you're just better than them. But uh, regardless, he tells Char to capture the it suit. It kind of alludes to the scarcity of these mobile suits to begin with. At this point, I think Xeon had a ton, but they also lost a ton. Right. So they're like, oh, shit. This thing took out two? And normally these these Zaku's will be able to take out like multiple ships before like they get lost. So it's, gotcha. It's it's kind of like oh okay f- fuck yeah. We should probably uh, we should probably do something about this. So Dozel agrees to send Shar some some more suits and says, "Hey, capture the Gundam." Yeah. Shar comes up with this plan, <laughs> and there's this really stupid line where he says something like, "Slender escape from side seven. We'll do the same." However. We're going to do it in reverse. <laughs> ah, like, yes. The yeah. elusive reverse escape. Right? Like, <laughs> oh, you mean infiltrate. Right? Like, we're going to break in. 
oh, by the way, you guys already broke in yeah. once. There's a, so, word for, there's a word for that. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, I just thought that line was really funny. So we're back on white base and Bright opens up communications uh, with the Gundam. And this is where he first sees Amuro. Right. And goes, oh, shit, this is a kid. Yeah. And he's like baffled. And it's it's interesting because Bright refers to him as a kid. But we already know Bright's only 19. Bright's 19. Right? Yeah. So I guess. Obviously more mature, but also just also just 19. I guess when you're that age, mm-hmm. other teenagers that are younger probably seem like children to you. Like I call I'm, people in their mid-20s kids. Are you kidding me? Yeah. <laughs> that's fair. But it, it's just funny because it's, again, it's a four-year difference. Yeah. Um, and Mirai has this line where she says, oh, that's Amuro. Everyone inside Seven knows him. He's. Some kind of techno freak, which I just was like, what the fuck does that even mean? Oh, he worked at a radio shack. Yeah, no, he, uh, he, he he's really into raves. Yep. Yeah, he likes rave music. I don't know. It no, just, he knows the science. He was looking at a microscope. Right. <laughs> he has. He owns a microscope. Of course he can pilot a mobile suit. Yeah, he's a techno freak. Um, he's a techno dancer. So, so they're sort of a little freaked out, but the captain points out like, hey, this is all we got right yeah. now. Like, so take it or leave it. Yeah. And, um... Then we're outside White Base, mm-hmm. and we cut to uh, it's it's Frabo and the blonde girl who we now know is named Sela. They're outside and they're like looking for survivors, and this dude just sort of like rushes. Yeah, they go, ah, yeah. That. <laughs> and and you and I have talked about this fellow here, but he's got gray hair, and so I just sort of s- assumed he was like an older guy. A he is bit. older, yeah, but um, he's also not that much just older. premature graying. Yeah, I guess uh, maybe they. Just Ran out of anime gray. Yeah. Other colors. <laughs> um, and Sayla sort of confronts him and is like, what the heck were you out here doing hiding instead yeah. of helping people? And he's like, bitch, I'm not a soldier. Like, what, <laughs> what, like, what do you want from me? Like, right. uh, what, what was I going to do? And she slaps him for it. So that's slap number two. Yeah. Slap number two. And. And yes, I see your notes here. Is this going to be, a, be thing? a thing? It's totally going to be a thing. Okay. <laughs> I noted it on the second slap because after after seeing two, I was like, okay, two episodes, two slaps, mm-hmm. like running theme. Yeah. Okay. Oh, um, you wait. There's, there's so many good slaps. In this <laughs> I'm throughout, so excited now. All of the series. I'm so excited. So now. many good slaps. Maybe we'll have to keep a running slap tally yeah. across series. We're at two right just, now. Yeah. But yeah, all right. So this is number two. <laughs> Folks, if you're listening at home, keep track of that. We get, we're at two slaps. Um, I kind of okay. So we we'll we'll learn. I don't know when in here, but we'll learn that that, that guy's name is Kai. Mm-hmm. And I kind of agree with him. Like, yeah, I'm not armed. I, there's a you, giant. You kind of find out. So Kai's kind of kind of a snake, kind of a charlatan a little bit. But um, I also, mean, I hear it in his voice. Right. That's de- definitely the voice actor they he's, chose. He's for very it. snivelly. He's, sadly. Yeah, uh, like, but also like he kind of has a point. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I'm not a fucking soldier. What I don't, the fuck? I don't know if Sayla has I'm some sort of... I'm just trying not to die. <laughs> I, don't know, I don't know if Sayla has some sort of training. But she comes... She's very stoic about this whole uh, she, situation. She has but, some, like, uh, hospital training, so she's very much, like, crisis mode. Okay. She turns it on. Fair. Yeah. But he's just some dude that was yeah. just, like, out and... I don't know. He probably woke up and was like, oh, shit, we're under attack. I'd hide, too. I don't know. I, I'm just saying, like, I don't... I don't necessarily <laughs> feel like Kai deserved that slap, but... Mm-hmm. Uh, we go back to Shar and his crew, and they're uh, they're in space now in their suits. Yeah, um, Shar is rocking a sweet pink suit at yes, this point. He's got a space suit to space be fair, suit. not mobile suit, normal space suit. suit yeah, the general referred to. I think the subtitles refer to it as a normal suit, and they refer to it as like a commando suit or something. So I don't know yeah. if it's a lost so translation. It's, thing, uh, I think throughout the series they end up like 
settling on the translation ends up settling on normal suit. It's okay. supposed to be a normal suit. Like, like that's what it's called. Sure. Um, but it, it doesn't translate like that. I feel like when they it's first, not my fancy suit. When they first came, when the show first, you know, was probably translated over here, they were like, "This is what normal suit." Yeah, space what does that even suit? mean? It's a fucking spacesuit. Your normal it's, suit. It's a spacesuit. Call yeah. it spacesuit. Anyways, space <laughs> they're out in their spacesuits, and Shars is pink. Um, more of a salmon. <laughs> it's just you know, it's the lighting of space. It just. <laughs> And they're signaling back to the ship. Look, Reddick is expensive. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Uh, They're signaling back to the ship. I I assume to tell them like, hey, the coast is clear or something. Mm -hmm. I don't know. There's like lights going back and forth. And the officer who Char leaves in charge on the ship orders that they ready the mega particle cannon, which I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mega. Right. We got a good prefix going on. First, we had the particle cannon. Then we had the mega particle cannon. Now we have the aggro mega particle cannon. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Uh, Piece of the radical cannon. Uh, I I immediately want to know all about this thing. Uh, And so I I hope that they explain the weaponry. But if not, I'm going to dive into the wiki. Um, And all the shit, all this is weird. All the guns on this ship are in like a like a tower formation. They're like straight vertical up and down, Mm -hmm. which does not seem like ideal gun placement to me, but it is cool looking (laughs) and they all fire at once. And again, they're just lighting up the colony, right? The operator aboard the, the, the white base refers to this enemy ship as Musai class. And you and I talked about this last night a little bit when I was finishing, taking some notes. The show goes back and forth between calling Starship, like the Musai. And then later on, we find out that's just a class of ship. Like, yeah. Like, uh, the, so it's like saying yeah. the Star Destroyer. Yeah. In Star Wars, are saying a Star Destroyer. Right. Right. So it seems like they kind of go back and forth on that a little bit here with both this ship yeah. and a, a Federation ship that we'll get to later. But the captain orders that Bright and, and his ragtag bunch here destroy the Gundam parts that are left on side seven. I guess they had some spares or something. Right. They don't want them to fall in the Zion hands. Yeah. And so Amaro being out in the Gundam, he suggests they use super napalm. Right. This is the first and only time that the Gundam uses the napalm. Oh, that's a bummer. Yeah. It's the only time. I don't know how he knew about the super. I guess in that 30 seconds he was reading that manual. Yeah. He learned all about the super napalm. But he doesn't know where the weapons are. He just knows that it has weapons. Right. right. (laughs) And I think it's at this point where they uh, they get Amaro uh, the beam rifle as well. Yeah. Um, I got another accessory for the toy. um, (laughs) Yeah. So Amaro goes out to destroy the Gundam components and Fraubo and Sailor are out searching for survivors. Uh, And they're sort of split up, Mm -hmm. which does not seem safe. Right. Like this thing has a hole blasted in the side of it. It's being lit up Mm -hmm. by the Xeon. Like, I don't know. And Sayla can see someone off in the distance, and that, that person like hides really quick. Something interesting happens here. Sayla reaches into the glove compartment of her car and pulls out a gun. Mm-hmm. So we know that this girl packs heat. Yeah. So you're telling me she works in a hospital or some shit. Yeah. But we're, we're about to find out she has a past. Okay. Uh, and, <laughs> and it's our fella in a snazzy pink spacesuit that she, she <laughs> a snazzy salmon spacesuit yeah. that she spots. <laughs> That was some alliteration there. There you go. Sayla confronts him with the gun and orders him to take off his helmet and turn around. Right. And he complies. And the second she sees his face, she's like oh. taken aback. Like, do, do I know? Do I yeah. know this guy? And he fucking karate kicks the gun out of her hand like yeah. such a badass. Yeah. I was like, yeah. Again, the show kind of really 70s. It was so good. <laughs> it was so good. And he sort of has this moment where like he sees her face. And he's like, is that my sister, Artesia? No. Way too strong to be her, right? Artesia 
wouldn't have pulled a gun mm-hmm. on me. And Amuro shows up right then in the Gundam. Uh, and Char just jets off. Right. Because also sweet jetpack. I don't know if I mentioned. I probably didn't mention that. Space jetpack. Yep. Yep. And, and Sayla says out loud, was that my brother? But that's it. Right. So as someone who has only seen Gundam Wing, this is when I start to see, aside from the helmets, yeah. these similarities between Char and... Yeah, it's, it's funny because you're coming into this backwards. I am, yeah. You're like, oh, this guy's a lot like Zex. Right. No, and Zex. Zex is a lot like Char. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So uh, we'll, we'll get to Gundam Wing someday, but uh, yeah. but there's a lot of similarities. Char, Char is a... Tr- Char as a character is a, a trope that's very specific to Gundam, and a lot of other series in Gundam have their own Char characters. You mean there are other metal helmet wearing there dudes? There are other mask wearing dudes. Nice. Char, uh, Zex being one of them. You'll know that in Wing, I know we're getting ahead of ourselves, like Relina as a character. Yeah. She's another trope. So there's other, in other series that are Relina esque characters. Sure. So it's kind of the same thing. Yep. But yeah, but Zex is very much a Char, right? Yeah, in my, in my head, I was like, "Oh, Char is Zex." Right? So, so, anyway, uh, so Amro gets Sela, I think, like in his hand or something, and takes her back to White Base while he's like spraying napalm on the Gundam parts. Mm-hmm. And they open up, they open up the door, and in the second ballsiest move of the night, Salmon Spacesuit Man Char here <laughs> zips on in, like, "Hey, I'm gonna come hang out with y'all." Yeah, it's so the, the whole scene's so funny. Just zips in, yeah. He's like, I'm gonna hang. And then, oh god, it's fucking hilarious. And then he's okay. So, so then he, he's like, he's like flying through the ship with what looks like a viewmaster. <laughs> yes. Which kids ask your parents what a viewmaster is. I'll actually, I will put a link in the notes for anyone who was like born. You know, it's a viewmaster. It's, it's like a seventies and eighties toy. Like a, what we find out what it is. It's a camera. It's a fucking yeah. Polaroid camera. Right. He's got he's like, like a camera. Hold on, guys. Don't mind me. The enemy of the nation just <laughs> flying through, taking photos of all your sinking bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> And the best part I'll is, be only be a minute. I'll only be a minute. <laughs> the, be, the best part is no one on the ship can hit the broadside of a fucking bar. <laughs> there were like 30 people shooting at him. Everyone went to the He's, Empire Academy for shooting. <laughs> <laughs> He's barely moving yeah. right through the ship with his little viewmaster. <laughs> and they're just lighting up, lighting him up. And no one has a cousin. No one can. No one has a cousin. No like leading their shots. No, nope. nothing. And so he is really, really banking on the fact that all the soldiers are dead and these are just civilians with guns, which I don't know how he knows at this point because he's been on a ship the whole time. Mm-hmm. Maybe he just thinks he's getting lucky. I don't know. He's the right comic. Yeah. <laughs> he's got plot armor, but he's, he, <laughs> he flies through there and unfortunately he loses the camera yeah. that gets like shot or something. But then he just drops a grenade, blows a hole in the side of white base and then just zips on out. Fucking salutes. And peace, got, deuces. I'm out. By the way, like, the whole is just amazing. It's incredible. <laughs> You and, almost want to hear like Betty Hill music. Well, yeah. it does it right? <laughs> maybe, maybe I'll make that video. So then, then we're out in space, and Amuro is in the Gundam, and he's taking aim at Char and the other troops that he can't hit them because they're too small. They're tiny. And Char makes that comment. Yeah. And so that's when he asks the ship to deploy the Zakus out for him, so they can actually fight back. Okay. White Bay starts to take off from side seven at this point with their injured soldiers giving orders to the sort of ragtag civilian crew right. that they've now assembled on the bridge, like letting them know how to operate the different systems of white base. Uh, we learn uh, that one of them's name is Ryu. He's the one that was with the captain when the captain got shot yeah. earlier. And, uh, and he launches out in a core fighter, which is what they call like their space combat ships here. Their little fighters here. It's a space fighter. We figure out why they're called core fighters a little later on, but yeah. Oh, okay. And 
Ryu launches out in that to help Amaro take down uh, missiles that are being shot at White Base. This is where we get the name of the podcast. This is, this is where it happens. So uh, one of the operators is like these two guys. They're like up on this giant pillar in, mm. in, in the bridge, which is this weird position. And they got all these screens around them. And one of them informs Bright that there are more objects approaching the white base that he believes to be mobile suits. But then makes a comment that one of them is approaching them at three times normal three speed. Three times faster. <laughs> there are no Zaku's capable that he knows moving this quickly. Okay? Only because it's red. That's it. Don't even get red. <laughs> and the captain, who is like bleeding out, remarks, "It's sure. It must be the red comet, right?" <laughs> and then he talks about the Battle of Loom and how Shar single-handedly took out like five ships or something yeah. during that. We already know Shar's a badass. Yeah. But so now, like, but now we're they like, know oh. that also Shar's a badass. So I don't know how he knows it, Shar, but he knows. Then we see the the red mobile suit right. blasting uh, towards the gun. It looks just like all the other Zaku's, but it's. But it's red. It's, it's space red. It's basically pink. Uh, again, red ink. Very expensive. Um, but it's got a fin on the head, too. So just, you know, it's, uh, it's a little extra special. A little extra special. A little spoiler, yeah. a little decoration. And uh, this is the first fight uh, between Amaro and, and Char. Amaro's struggling to shoot at any of the Zaku's because he says something along the lines of, like, he can't stop thinking about the human's pilot in them. Yeah, it can't. Um, yeah. It's worse help. Can't get over it. Oh, right. I might be killing he is a kid. And I might a civilian. be killing the people. And yeah. He's young, so it's hard to, hard to get over. I, I feel like anyone who isn't trained in the military at all suddenly thrust in this position would also be like, oh, I'm actually, this, I'm trying to reconcile really quickly. I'm killing people. I'm sure. There are human beings with families <laughs> and, right. and lives on the other end of the gun here. Very hard to quickly reconcile. I don't know how one person versus another would do with that. So can't really fault armor on here for that. What I can fault him for is that he misses Char. A ton. And Char lands a direct hit on the Gundam. Yeah. And sees the same result as earlier with our boy Jean. Nothing happens. And Char is still surprised by this, even though two people have told him, like, <laughs> nothing happens. Um, <laughs> At this point, Char feels like he's surrounded by idiots. So he's like, oh, yeah, okay, sure, nothing happens. Like, oh, shit, nothing happened. Right. There's a great line here where Slender asks what weapon the Gundam has, and Char says... Who cares as long as the pilot doesn't hit us? I was like, <laughs> yeah, okay, fair, yeah, no, yeah. kind of with you. And this is when we first see like the real agility of Shar and Azaku in space. Like they, they're kind of slow and plodding on the ground, at least in that first episode. But yeah. Shar can move, man. He's like zipping around, and Amaro just cannot even target him in this scene. He has a, a really hard time, but he can take out the other Zaku's. And he does with single shots. And when Char sees this, he's like, again, just freaked out. Like one shot took out a Zaku. Like what? Yeah. He takes out the other Zaku's with single shots, but then runs out of ammo. Yeah. We find out I'm real bad at ammo conservation. Yeah. This is we we alluded to that earlier. Kind of a running theme. This is the, yeah, this is the second time uh, in two episodes that he has run out of ammo at a critical junction. Um, And so Char is just like, all right, peace. And he takes off Mm -hmm. Uh, and Amaro can't do anything to stop him. So, he gets back on the ship and Frau's super stoked to see him. And Bright tells him when he's fighting, he relies too much on the machine. Right. Bright cannot muster a compliment or a thank you no, to this 15 year old child who save, just saved their asses. Nope, right? He's just like, can't nope, be, nope. And Amaro's irritated by this because I think he kind of wants his ass kissed a little bit. Like a little bit. Yeah. I just saved all you guys. Like, Again, fuck. Amaro sucks. <laughs> Can't stress that enough. Bright will have none of this. No. And he says, you're on a Federation ship, which means you work for us and obey my orders. Don't like it? Go back to side seven. This is a little harsh. Yeah. Tough dad Bright over he's, here. He's 
he's trying to assert himself clearly yeah but we also know that side seven is destroyed and rapidly yeah, losing Bright, air. Bright, so. Bright is very new at command at this point. Right? Yeah, no, so, he just inherited the ship. Right. So <laughs> he's like, uh, so I think he, I think he's beating his chest a little bit, over compensating a little bit, and also understands that Armor is kind of a shit. So <laughs> we're gonna see more. We're gonna see way more of Mr. How, Bright of how much Bright is a novice at this in the next episode, which, yeah. which is called "Vote to Attack," in which they literally vote yeah. on whether or not they will attack or not. We start off here with uh, an explanation of Luna 2, which is an asteroid that's brought into orbit around the colonies to provide materials. So this is actually this actually ties back into the O'Neill colony or or Stanford Taurus designs, right? right? Like the they they rely on materials either from the moon or from an asteroid that is brought into the orbit and then harvested. Right. So again, they, they did their research on this. All the stuff that you have yeah, I, I, I don't know exactly how the scenes play out, but I wrote these old people suck. They're ungrateful and obnoxious. The olds are on the ship, Sean. Yeah, the, the refugees, and they're mostly old people. They're I don't know how. People. I don't know how they made they it. They're old people and children. Yeah, um, and but nothing in the middle. Everyone in the middle is essentially has been at this point conscripted in, into the the crew of the ship. Right. Everyone else is old. Or young, and then a couple of mothers here and there. Yeah, the olds are obnoxious. They are they they are kind of the worst. Oh my, where are we there yet? When are we going to the moon? I want to go to Earth. Like, oh my god. <laughs> and so, um, Sayla and Bright are are walking together, and I think like taking an elevator or something together. Bright just trying to make like conversation with her. Yeah. It's like, hey, where you know, hey girl, where are you from before this, right? And she's like, do I have to answer? I was like, all right, well, what? Bright's like, bitch about it. Bright, fuck. Yeah, right? <laughs> and Bright's like, uh, I mean, no, you're not, you don't not, have well, to. I'm not fucking Ori, you but then, fuck. But then, uh, but then she says she's from Earth. Yeah. So, Earth, fine. It's a, yeah. It's a big place. You figure it out. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Which is also where Bright is from. Yes. This is his first time in space. Yes. So, he's good at space legs. Yeah. <laughs> Congratulations on your real rough introduction to First space. First day out, sick of swim, chief. Yeah. Um, we learned that uh, White Base is trying to flee away from Shar's ship mm-hmm. at this point. They're heading towards towards Luna Two, where there is a base that they're hoping they can a Federation base that they're hoping they can dock with. Yeah. yeah. And there's a scene where Fraubo is concerned with Amaro, who's like working on the Gundam. Frau, this is the, the second entire, time that she just wants yeah. to feed him. Frau throughout the entire series is kind of like treat, almost like Amaro's nanny to a point. Like she wants to take care of him because she very clearly yeah. cares about him. Yeah. And Amaro is kind of a douche. He's an asshole. <laughs> I mean, I literally wrote here, Amaro is a dick. <laughs> um, he just kind of like tells her off, yeah. right? I, I don't know if he takes, I don't remember if he took the food from her or whatever, but he just kind of tells her off. He, she's just concerned for his well-being. She's yeah. like, hey, you should eat. And also you should s- take a shower because you smell. <laughs> and, and he's just like, he is, it shows the, this is actually, this is funny, this is a, a an ADD symptom. Hyperfocus, where he is, he is just so focused on the Gundam and making whatever repairs he's doing yeah. to it. That nothing else matters. Like even like self care goes out the window. But he doesn't have to be an asshole. Yeah, you know. <laughs> so it's at this point where like uh, this is where the vote happens. Bright calls. This uh, is so stupid. It is. Bright calls. You're a military officer. I'm gonna have everyone on the on the ship kind of vote. Yeah. Bright calls the should. entire crew. Oh, this is so dumb. To the bridge. <laughs> and he and he he just he puts the the following proposition to a vote yeah. uh, and just basically says. Do we try to escape to Luna too, mm-hmm. or do we turn around and surprise attack these guys? Because we think they don't have a lot of supplies right now, 
And this might be our chance to catch them off guard. This just shows to me what a novice Bright is at this whole commanding thing, that he doesn't even have the confidence to make the decision himself. He has to put it to a vote with everyone. But the crew votes to attack. They do. It's 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 so it's oh god it's so stupid because like it's a, it's, a, it's such a boneheaded and like novice decision to make like I'll, I'll just ask everyone on the crew because I I I don't have the balls to make the decision myself right. and deal with those ramifications and repercussions I'll just have the crew vote for him but they end up voting to attack anyway it's like you could have just that was the right decision to make you should have just did that anyway you dumbass. I- <laughs> I hope that uh, Bright will get his groove back uh, at some point in this series. I'm, I'm sure he will. Oh, um, he does. Good. Throughout the entire UC timeline, he certainly does. Oh, good. Good. So this sort of becomes a race at this point uh, between how quickly the Musai uh, Shar ship can be resupplied versus uh, how quickly Amuro and the Gundam and Ryu, who's out with him in the core fighter, right. can start their attack on him. So they're sort of heading towards the Musai. We actually, we get a, a, a small piece of tactical info here from Amara that's like really smart, especially for, we, like it, it, it demonstrates some intelligence. Uh, he's thought this through. Yeah. Ryu wants to like kind of launch in towards them. And Amara is like, no, oh. we got to turn around. So the sun is to our back. Right. Right. So they have a harder time seeing us. And Ryu even makes some sort of a comment like, oh, that's really fucking smart. Like this kid knows what he's talking about. <laughs> right. Ryu's the trained soldier. Right. Trained on some level anyway. Yeah. And, and Amuro is a 15 year old who looks through microscopes. Yeah. Who apparently who has read like the art of war. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And battle tactics. Exactly. Hannibal. <laughs> yeah. Well, he's probably watched a lot of anime. Um, and so, so they, they, they do that. And the, Musai talks they're they're on the ship and they're talking about the uh the the density of Manofsky particles. Yeah, right? you want to talk, we want to talk like, about fucking uh <laughs> We can't we can't see anything around us because there's too many Manofsky particles. And so I I have read in my in my brief research that this is this becomes a trope throughout the series. Manofsky particles are very specific to UC, but it's also the UC timeline, but it's um it's very much referred to as like a kind of hand wavy like sciencey minds and just explain it away just call it a call it a monotony particles like it just does a thing that's just right. yeah like almost not a MacGuffin because that's like a, a term that drives like a like an item that drives a platform but this sure. is just, this is this is meant to explain something away that you don't want to want to explain like like the force yeah yeah that's <laughs> no that's exactly what this is that's this is totally and so like basically i don't i don't remember if it happened in this episode i don't have it in my notes here but there is a scene where Shar explains like, oh, this is why we do close quarters combat now in space because yeah. Minovsky particles have made radar useless. They like yeah. shield objects from radar. Right. I don't think we learned that there. I think we learned it later. But White Base lights up uh, the supply ship that has come to bring more Zaku's and stuff mm-hmm. to Shar with a missile. Mm-hmm. And so Shar and company immediately take off in mobile suits to try and counterattack. Oh, that's right. I do have in my notes here, Ryu lights up the Papua. Yeah. So that was the name of this ship that is sent out to, or, or I guess maybe the class of this ship that yeah, is sent out to the, resupply. The, the Musai, yeah. And um, Shar makes some comment like, he, he basically seems like, oh man, like the, a hunk of junk like that's going to help us out. Like something along the lines, like he doesn't think that a ship like that old yeah. would even have the resources needed to, to help him. Yeah. So he's, he's less than impressed. He's a little snobby about it. And, like this is what I wanted. I wanted to get resupplied in this. Will you fucking stop me? Yeah, yeah. This junk. Yeah, this kind it's a of piece of junk. Yeah, <laughs> this kind. I think this kind of demonstrates the disparity between what we saw earlier, which was 
Doze will tell Inshar, like, oh, you didn't show up for your party. Yeah. Right. And then the reality of, like, they don't have these resources. Like, right. they're being stupid. Right. It almost kind right? of like, also hammers in, like, why they're so taken aback and upset. Like, oh, he's lost how many zombies? Yeah, two? 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 We <laughs> only had, like, nine. <laughs> right. And so Ryu lights up this Papua uh, in the core fighter while Shar and Amaru duke it out. This is where they were start referring to the white base as the Trojan horse. The yeah, the, the um, Zeon t- seems to have dubbed the white base as the Trojan horse, whether it's the codename or not. Whether it's the show's way of like, no, oh, this is what we wanted to call it, but to me, it's like, no, it's the white base. Fuck you. <laughs> okay, because I was gonna say, there's no explanation, and uh, you're just sort of left to make the. It kind of looks like a big horse or I, a big animal, sort of. I guess, yeah, that's fair. Hayato then gets uh, Bright's permission on the bridge to release him in Gun Tank, which, by the way, is the worst name uh, for anything. Gun Tanks suck. Uh, (laughs) And it's also a tank in space. It's just a tank. It's just Um, just a tank. And it takes two people to operate it. So Hayato and Kai, Mm -hmm. snarky-ass Kai, Kai. take off in a gun tank to go back up Amaro and Ryu. And they sloppily manage to outbattle the Zeon forces and take out the Papua. They very much much stumble through to victory. Yeah. This is very much like a, well, we won because they weren't prepared, right? So yeah. the, the surprise attack worked, but uh, barely. Again, Bright is not super stoked with Amaro. He's he's very stern with him again. And Amaro comments to Ryu as they're walking away that he says something like, I feel like I'm going to deck him one day. Right? Yeah, like, if he keeps talking to me like this, like, <laughs> I'm going to punch this motherfucker in the, yeah, it's, the jaw. It's funny how much that doesn't happen. <laughs> okay. All right. Um, and I wrote, I wrote a note here uh, that we learned that Amaro built Haro. I, I don't remember the context of that, unfortunately. I think, I think it just really hammers like, oh, he's he's a smart kid. Yeah. Not sure why Haro was hanging out with with Frau Bo then, but whatever. Yeah. Regardless, that's that's where our little robot friend came from. And that brings us to episode four, Sean. Yep. Escape from Luna 2. The white base is docked on Luna 2, which, again, is the, the asteroid that they brought into orbit to mine resources right, from. Right. There's a Federation base there. We learned the Federation is not taking refugees on Luna 2 immediately. Yeah, so this, this whole this whole scene plays out kind of weird. So um, they land. Bright's like, I have all these refugees. And Will you please take the old? exhausted. And then like this guy comes and like, they're like, no, we're not. And he's like, what the fuck is even going on? So this guy walks up, found out he's named Commandant Joaquin. Yep. Uh, so Joaquin Phoenix is all like... <laughs> <laughs> No, Joaquin says, let me, he's like, let me explain to you what's going on. And then he doesn't. <laughs> he, he literally doesn't. He just says, like, all right, um, we can't take the refugees here. I'm informing most of you that you'll end up being transported to the Earth. You hear groaning from everyone. Like, I don't want to go back to side seven. Right. Motherfucker, side seven is gone. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I would love to throw the olds back on side seven where the air is running out. But, but yeah. This is the first time where we get like an introduction to everyone, right? They, they go through the following people are going to be like held for because. Yeah, they actually they call them all, all by name. Right. Right. And, so, they, and the camera kind of pans through everyone. So it's like, you know, Mirai, Rio, you wrote them down here. Yeah. So, so, Yoshima, Rio, Jose, uh, Rio, Jose, Sela Mass, Kaishiden, Hayato Kobayashi, Amaro. And it cuts because Amaro and Frau are kind of like off in the back and it, cut, it cuts to them. And he's like, Amaro's all pissed off. Like, what the fuck? You don't even know what the hell's going on, man. You're being court martialed. Basically, that's what's happening. You um, stole Federation <laughs> ship and Gundam. Right. And you're being court-martialed. I think it's at this point that Captain Paulo gets. Yeah, he's in. yeah, he's like uh, he's like on his deathbed. Basically, yeah, he's, he's got on a stretcher. Injured. Yeah, he, he, gets, he gets rolled in. Everyone yep. kind of hushes. He gets rolled in. 
He's like, oh, make repairs to White Base. Also, the children. Oh, oh. take care of the children. And kid's like, I'll take care of everything. And then, at a certain point, Bort's like, we got to do something because I'm pretty sure the Red Comet's going to attack. Right? And then everyone's like, White Comet's like, this is no, like, okay, you're young yeah. and you're an idiot and you're like, you're just a, like, a lowly little officer. Like, you're not going to, like, come on. This place is super heavily defended. This is fucking Luna 2. Okay? <laughs> come on. You come really on. think Char. An experienced veteran yeah. is going to attack us. Immediately cut. Immediately cut to the Moose side, Char, and his crew like, we're fucking going to attack. <laughs> it's the best. It's so fucking it's funny. All right, guys, you ready to attack? Oh, shit, they're going to do it. <laughs> um, There's no way he's going to attack. We're totally fucking going to attack. <laughs> <laughs> I like that cut better. They should, they should do it exactly like that. Um, actually, I do have it in my notes. This is where Shaw has that monologue where he explains Manofsky particles. Yeah, he's like, they're very new to the universe or the the world of Gundam. As of like maybe a few months ago, Battle of Loom was like I think when the first big mobile suit assault happened. But this is why they're using mobile suits to fight, right? As they, opposed they, to long distance combat from because ships. they generate these uh, Manofsky particles, and you find out they kind of like block radar, and it's like that's why we're back up into face to face. Yeah, but, uh, and he's kind of like he even asks, he's like, "Are you sure they can't see us?" And one of the officers is like, yeah, the, the, the density is a little low, but they totally can't see us. Yeah. And then, and then after that point, yeah, we're totally fucking going to attack. Yeah, no, all right, cool. <laughs> cool, we're going to do it. Uh, and he sort of has this moment where he, he's pondering again if Sayla was, is, is his sister, yeah. uh, Artesia. I haven't seen her in 10 years, but... Yeah. Yeah. Um, he comments that she's too brave to be No, her. that chick was too brave. That wasn't her. And I haven't seen her again. I haven't seen her in Artesia, 10 years. Artesia was much, much more gentle. Yeah. Right? <laughs> But again, it's been a decade. But yeah, some shit has happened. It's clearly, been a minute, right? <laughs> um, so again, it, weird. But Shar and his group then they they just infiltrate Luna too, like no problem, yeah. right? They just they're all right, cool, and they start looking for the Gundam. Yeah, very, again, Shar's back in his pink, pink yeah. Stazzy yeah. spacesuit. Yep. he's got a crew with him. Uh, salmon. They're looking around. Salmon. <laughs> they're looking around and they're like, oh shit, we can't just fly in there. There's fucking laser beams. It's a it's a laser grid. Yeah. So he tells like a subordinate, like, plant the mines without setting off the system. And then we cut to Bright and crew, and they're all like essentially in a brig, I'm assuming, or they're locked in a Yeah, they're locked in a cell of sorts yeah. at this point. Because they, they get fed and then and Bright's like, Bright's like trying to, yeah. I want to talk to yeah. somebody. Let like, me talk nah. to somebody. And at this point, like uh, Kai, who's with him, is like because they, they give him his rations, and then they shut the door and Bright's like, What the fuck? I want to talk to somebody. And Kai's like, Oh fucking, I'm gonna eat. Yeah, might, <laughs> might as well not do this on an empty stomach, right? <laughs> and you, you like Amaro kind of goes almost goes at him, but Ryu diffuses it immediately. Yeah. Like, oh yeah, Kai's right. You should totally eat, buddy. Yeah, like, the, that really weird yeah. analogy about like, um, uh, food's like loading your guns. Yes, yeah, yeah. <laughs> food is like uh, your you ammunition. Can't, you can't fight with that. I mean, hey, remember we, how you've run out of ammo <laughs> twice? Yeah, you should eat. <laughs> um, I didn't know. You, and then he doesn't. Instead, he doodles in his food. <laughs> he literally plays with his food. He's like to explain how the Gundam works. Yep. He's, and he, he starts. He starts explaining uh, that the the Gundam is self learning. So he's able to uh, engage in combat with Shar and like put up an actual fight. Yeah. Not because he is naturally skilled, but because the Gundam is constantly doing analysis right. of uh, the fights against its enemies and learning and right. improving. And Ryu sort of laughs about this and and just like tells Amuro not to. You know, be so it's kind of an dismissive on, yeah, in his own talents. And it's kind of an ongoing theme with Amaro. He like, just kind of lacks some self-confidence. Him and Bright both. Yeah. So it's at this point where Shar and his team set off the explosions in the base. They've planted their mines. And well, the, well, hold on. I think the Magellan starts to leave. And they're like, all right, now, now blow it up. 
No, because the Magellan hasn't launched yet. That happens after. The, 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 fir- the first mines that go off uh, take the power out. Okay, you're right. You're right. Sorry. So the power gets cut and Bright's banging on the door like because all the light, all the red lights are going off, right? All the alarms are sounding. Bright's banging on the door. What the fuck's going? And then the door just opens. Yeah. Real great like, security oh. system. I forgot about this. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> and, so, and so then they start to explain like Amro basically says something like, oh, they lost power. So the locks must all be. And I'm like, OK, so they lose power and the locks just shut off. Like, yeah. cool. That's a great. Yeah. Again, just shows the Federation's like complete lack of security. <laughs> like they just you know, come on into colonies. Yeah, and yeah. I, I don't know. So they they leave and then they find the girls in like the cell next to them and they take off. And so at this point, Commandant Joaquin is launching the Magellan ship to go intercept uh, the Musai. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, the crew is trying to get back to White Base and the Gundam, which yeah, are like they realize, on lockdown. They realize the what's going on. They're like, we're under attack by Shar, which is yeah. what we said. Yeah. And uh, even, we, even we got to get the Gundam. There's even a quick breakaway scene where like, the, the crew, the Luna 2, are like, what the fuck's going on? Like, oh shit, we're being attacked by Shar. Then there's a soldier who says like, or well, I guess Bright like, was right. I guess Bright called it. Yeah. And yeah, then he, he fucking did. And, then, and then Joaquin <laughs> gives that guy a look and that guy's like, Ooh. Like, like oh i shouldn't have said that what uh too soon too yeah, soon, too soon. Ooh. that's a rough subject and so uh so it, the one of the little kids distracts like one of the federation soldiers by stepping on his foot and in come bright and amaro and they just like space drop that's right these two sh- soldiers yeah. in the face so i was like um shit's popping off why have we been evacuated yet? yeah and like the soldiers like we haven't been, had any orders from working to do that yet right so i was like what the fuck does it matter and then yeah, the, the little kid's like, meh. Yep. And Amaro and Bright just come in, low, low gravity drop kick. Yeah. Into, I, don't know into how the they, I don't know how they got the speed. I don't either, but it's awesome. <laughs> it's awesome. Doesn't matter. It's awesome. And so then uh, the Magellan that's taking off uh, with Joaquin kind of runs up against a mine that's been planted. And it this just, is, this is where, yeah. yeah. Okay. And then it just gets, it just gets tilted and stuck in the airlock. Right. Right. Like the whole ship goes sideways. And now Luna 2's dock is full of a Magellan and white base cannot escape. Nope. Right. Amaro and, and the crew, they're, they're trying to free uh, the Gundam. Cause it's like, they get it like sh- shackled down. Right? right. And, um, Joaquin evacuates the ship and catches them trying to get the Gundam out. It's like, what the fuck are you guys doing? Like, I'm going to, I'm like, I'm going to court martial every single one of you. Yeah. Like he's like, he's pissed. Yeah. Right. Talking about the chain of command and Brent's like, yeah, yeah, I don't give a fuck. Yeah, like we're gonna die if you don't like, like Gundam's our only chance. You can, you can deal with that. You can court martial me later. Just like, can we not die right now? Right. This is where we get like Bright, Bright and Joaquin sort of have that standoff, and then Paolo, I I think it came through on like a screen. Mirai comes down and she's like, "You got you fucking soldiers can bitch all you want later about chain of command and shit, but like there's also civilians here, so kind of go fuck yourselves. We want to live. Yeah, we shouldn't die because you guys can't figure (laughs) out what the fuck to do." And Paolo, Captain Paolo, who's still alive, yeah, uh, barely, barely, <laughs> uh, orders Joaquin to let them go because they're the only ones that have any experience with the Gundam. Yeah. And Joaquin's sort of like, I don't know. So what, his explanation is very much like common sense and something that Joaquin yeah. should have come to. Like, yeah. Like, yeah, I understand that, like, yeah. you know, it's a 15 year old kid, but also like he's fought Shar already. Right. Right. That's fine. Joaquin goes, all right, cool, whatever, fine. Uh, but they still have this problem of, a Magellan class ship stuck yeah. in their dock. So again, back to a point you made earlier, we like blowing shit up. We do, we which do. is why we should design the colonies <laughs> to take a hit. So they decide yep. to uh, get everybody aboard white base, yep. including walking and blow the Magellan up. Cause that's all they can do. He thinks about it for a second. Yeah. He's not stoked. He's about not it. stoked about it. And then he sees 
at this point, Shar is in a Zaku outside. He yeah. sees them and he's like, fucking shoot the Magellan. Yeah. Blow it up. We <laughs> got to get out of here. Blow it up. Just blow it up. So they, they sort of like, <laughs> they sort of like pull the shades. They get like these, uh, I don't know, like big metal doors or something that go over mm-hmm. the, like blast doors almost yeah. that go over all the windows. So they, yeah. They can see so during all this, we, we completely forgot about this part. Um, they got the gun and free. Armor was outside. He's fighting more Zaku's and Shar again. Yeah. And that's why he sees Shar outside. He's like, that's like fucking blowing up. Yeah. <laughs> so they do. They lock the white base in this place. They put the blast fucking shields down. Um, they fire. You, you get some pretty particle effects, which I'm assuming was like nice for 1970s. Those are, those are the Minovsky particles. Right. Um, they basically blow the reactor out of the, uh, the Magellan and it acts basically a rail gun because it just shoots like that and the nuclear blast out of the hangar, out of the airlock. Yeah. And it destroys one of the Zaku's like Shar moves out of the way super quickly. Armor is able to move out of the way. It almost takes out the Musai. There's always some dude in a Zaku. <laughs> but he just In the wrong melt. spot. He just melts. Yeah. Absolutely melts. He's done. Game over. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Uh, and so that's pretty much it. Like the Federation troops are able to fend off the, yeah. the Zeon forces once again. So the so yeah, um, base. Because, thank and, you. To the Gundam. And another ship, I think, are now heading towards earth at the end of the episode i think yeah bright makes a promise to captain Paolo, who's yeah. like on his deathbed at this point that or actually no uh, he's he's died he's died at this point. so he yeah. he he dies succumbs to his wounds and bright sort of kneels before him and tells him hey i'm i'll get the white base to earth like that's my promise to you and then they they bury him at space they sort of just shoot him off and mm-hmm. uh and there's a it's a real somber moment for the entire crew it's like, kind of the first death it's yeah on their the, on their on, on their, their side end. yeah. That is it like uh, not a nameless death? Not like a just a cow like a civilian that we've right. seen. It's kind of like the first like oh like he's not a big character, but it's like oh, it's kind of the no, first. No, but he, he's he's also the reason that they're like he's kind of the reason that they're alive, right? right? Because if if Joaquin had been left to his devices, no one would have evacuated. And, no. I mean, at least it seemed like no one would have evacuated Luna too. No. There's there's some there's some reverence there. He's yeah, a very he was a well respected captain. Yep. Um, so he is he is left bright in charge. Mm-hmm. Of getting White Base and the Gundam to Earth. Right. Uh, where they can continue the fight. And then we have this moment where Amuro sort of wonders where his father's gone, which is ironic now that you know <laughs> yeah, that no. his father was sucked into space, yeah. that it's the scene where he's watching Paolo's body be shot off into space, that he wonders where his own father is. Yeah. Also it, in space. Also in space, <laughs> unfortunately. Which brings us to our last episode of this podcast, episode five, Re-Entry to Earth. Or I actually liked the Japanese translated title to this better, Breaking into the Atmosphere. Mm. This is something that, you know, like, I didn't really think about as being a big deal, but we talked about this a little bit. Yeah, briefly. The space shuttle program hadn't launched yet at this point. Uh So we were very much launching, you know, stuff into space and then, you know, capsules coming back and landing, right? Like, we weren't. We didn't have a reusable yeah. ship that would leave and then re-enter atmosphere. Yeah. So the whole concept of re-entry, you know, with with ships that could be reused was new, right? Uh, or or hadn't happened yet. This uh, this episode starts off with Frabo handing out soap and towels to the refugees, <laughs> like, "Hey, we're going to Earth, you dirty fucks, clean yourselves up." <laughs> and uh, and then there's there's an old man and a young boy, and the young boy's RC car is broken. Yeah. Which, Sean, we're in the future and we're still playing with RC cars. Yeah, come on. I mean, come on. And I guess, I don't know. I don't know if they get the batteries in upside down or something, yeah, but it was, I don't know if the kid was controlled with the smartphone. <laughs> his corded no, smartphone. His corded smartphone. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but Amaro is able to help the, the young kid out with the, the, the RC car. Yeah, Frog is a shit for half a second, like, too. Like, because he, he runs off to go help, and he's like, she's like, Amaro! Yeah. Oh, you're leaving me to 
hand out soap. Yeah. So, well, all right, whatever. And then we're back on the bridge, and, and Bright is discussing atmospheric entry with Mirai. Who's chewing on the <laughs> antenna of so I guess I, 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 yeah. I've done smaller things, but it tastes like metal. She's, yeah, she's got like a, what looks like a walkie-talkie yeah. with a giant antenna sticking out and of it. she's just gnawing on it. Yeah, and she's got it in her mouth, which I don't know. It was, uh, it was just weird. Um, and, uh, I first thought, like, why does she... Why is that juice box drawn so long? Right. That's my immediate thought. Yeah. Oh, no, that's like a walkie. Yeah. Huh. Okay. (laughs) It does kind of look like that. (laughs) Uh, They get informed that Shars Musa is being resupplied a second time. Mm -hmm. Um, And amongst those supplies is three more Zakus. And so Shars sort of, we 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 cut over to him, and he's briefing the troops on what he calls an unprecedented attack. No one has ever attacked during reentry. Right. Right. The Zakus can't handle it. And so they literally have two minutes before they will be pulled in by so much gravity from Earth they that they, will then, they won't yeah. be able to escape terminal velocity. They'll get burned up. Yep. So he's like, this is very risky and you have to go fast. Right. Which is what which he's an ongoing theme with him, <laughs> which he can do. And yeah, exactly. And so uh, Bright and his crew are preparing for reentry. Yeah, so Char's what, not asking you to go three times faster, just faster than normal. Yeah, okay. Exactly. <laughs> Normally you would have six minutes, but today two. Uh, so Bright and, and the crew are on the, on the white base and they're sort of prepping for reentry because the white base is designed to handle that sort of thing. And Shar and the Zaku's I approach. I can't imagine why it's like it's covered in straight flat edges. <laughs> it's all ceramic. It's not, all it's not the most aerodynamic thing. You see no. all the other ships so far. Very sleek kind of designs. The Musai specifically, very you know curvy kind of space kind of ship, and and they look military too. They look, they're green, they're green and, and gray. And, the you know. um the other ships we've seen so far from the Federation, the um Magellan, the Magellan. Yep. I think the other ship is the Salamis. Oh yeah, well that the Salamis capsule we'll see in this, right? But yeah. I think the other ship, I think the Salamis is the ship that it's from. The oh, okay, from. Yeah. That, all right. Like very, uh, they look they look like what a battleship, like a modern day battleship would look like, but in space. So it just. Just take it out of the water, add some thrusters on it. Right. Looks like that. White base? No. No, just again, does not fit. Looks in the like show. a giant white sphinx yeah. <laughs> thing with a weird circled radial dish on the side. I kind of like that, though. And it, is very, it very much looks like a toy. Yeah. It takes you out of it. A hundred percent. I guess. I, I, thought, I don't know. I, I don't have the hatred for white bases. So, you know, <laughs> yeah. So it, somehow this giant blocky thing is. Meant, well, it's like it's a secret weapon. You know, it's like that in the Gundam <laughs> or the V project. Right. So it's like. Yeah. They're, you know, they're designed with some consideration in mind. Yeah. There's also bright, toys. This bright white, blue and yellow <laughs> yeah. robot. Yeah. Well, <laughs> anyway, uh, so the, uh, Amuro gets sent out because Shar and the Zaku's are approaching. And so Sailor is very clear with Amuro that he has four minutes, which I, I don't know why the difference between him and maybe, I don't know, maybe it has to do with their positioning or something, but yeah, he, he has four minutes. He's got four minutes. And he seems real nervous here. He's like not stoked about any of this because yeah. he does not want to burn up. No. And so the Musai starts launching missiles at the white base while Ryu and Hayato are, are like scrambling to try and figure out how to get the rear guns working. Yeah. Isn't this the part where Ryu is like, <laughs> yeah, he <laughs> the, like the weird telling he's but it, the animation is just weird. Is he's supposed to hit? Yeah. It's not a slap. It's, it's like a, a tap on the head. It's like, like a word. Do you want to? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> something, do you want to like survive this or something like that? Yeah. You, yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know if they were like looking for instructions or something like yeah. that, but yeah, he, he very much just sort of, uh, bops Haida on the head. Um, <laughs> Such a weird scene. It is. <laughs> and so the Solomus capsule, which you explained to me the other day, I guess is supposed to lead white base. I think it's supposed to lead re-entry. Yeah. That's launched from one of the other ships from the Salamis. Right. And Amuro has to defend it. And so he, he's trying to defend it. He misses with the bazooka. 
uh, trying to take out one of the Zakus. And, uh, and so he asks for the beam rifle. And Sayla's like, no, dude, no. Like, we don't have time for beam rifle. Which I don't know why, like, they don't have time for the beam rifle, but they do have time for the Gundam hammer. Yeah, it's a weird, it's a weird set of dialogue. He's like, can you send me the beam rifle? And she's like, no, I can't say the beam rifle. It's impossible. Let me talk to somebody. Yeah. She literally tells him, she literally tells him it's impossible. And there's like, hang on. Hang on a second. I just need to double check it's impossible. Yeah. But they start talking about exactly what they tell you not to say, like in like tech, like tech support training. We can't do that. Hold on. Let me talk to somebody. Let me talk to my supervisor. (laughs) Uh, My supervisor says we can't get you the beam rifle, but we can get you the Gundam hammer, (laughs) uh, which is not a hammer. It is uh, like a ball and chain. It is like a a flail. A flail. Yeah. (laughs) Um, This is very clearly designed as a toy accessory. Yes. uh, Because it makes zero sense. I made made the jokes about like, oh, we're going to introduce another part of the toy, but this is quite literally... A toy sex. Gundam. Now with Gundam Hammer Action. Right. Right. Like, <laughs> you can totally just see the commercials. And so Amuro gets this giant flail and, and he uses it to deflect a missile, which I'm not going to lie, Sean. I, I don't think the physics of this quite work out. No. I'm, I'm not I'm a physicist. A, I'm, imp- I'm impressed. I am impressed. <laughs> uh, but him spinning that thing around and then knocking a missile out of the sky and then the explosion for that, I just feel like it would send him flying. It looked cool. It did look cool. <laughs> did, um, you see me, did you see me deflect that missile, Taylor? Yeah. Huh? Huh? See me do that, yeah. Taylor? Yeah. Flex. Yeah. Mm. 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 Do the sick kick flip of the atmosphere. I know. Remember that time <laughs> I drop kicked a dude? <laughs> And so at this point, the, the Salamis capsule gets hit and, and so does the, 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 the pilot who, whose name I, th- I think I have here. Oh, uh, Captain Reed. I don't know. Or, or I don't know if it's, uh, Lieutenant Reed. Sorry. Yeah, uh, Lieutenant, Lieutenant Reed. Reed's uh, in, in the Salamis capsule. It, it gets hit and it starts to decompress. And right. so does his spacesuit because he's he gets, uh, he, he, gets he, he gets hit. And there's this weird scene where like the, the officer that's with him. Is like he's like very very concerned about this wound, right? On Reed, like, like yeah. Oh, we have to. Ooh. Like almost in like a in like a. I I looked at you and I was like, did they have a romantic relationship? Like it just I don't, I don't know it, something yeah, weird about the delivery of it, it was, was just so, like yeah. He had this level of concern that like you would have for a love. He shudders yeah. a little bit like when he puts the the tape on. The, yeah, he's on like the just wound. patch up my suit. We'll worry about the wound later, and then fix the hollow because it's decompressing. Yeah, you put the. What the yeah, fuck? Yeah. This, but the guy put the table and he was like, <sighs> yeah, yeah, he's <laughs> very so nervous. Weird. He's very nervous about it. <laughs> and so at this point, the the capsule has to go inside white base. So they're planning to have that guide the man because I think the idea is that while Mirai has fun and done reentry before, like this is such a bigger and unknown beast that they need someone to guide them the trajectory. And I think really even makes a comic. I hope these fucking kids can do this because they get back in the right. ship. They're like, well, our plan went to hell. Yeah. So yeah. now, great job. <laughs> good luck, because now you're gonna do this on your own. Yeah. What the fuck? <laughs> yep. So they they get to the the capsule successfully inside of uh, of White Base, and White Base gets hit. Yeah. A- and then they reuse the same frames of animation that they used in I think episode two, episode two or episode one. It's where where, where the, that, the bubble, that, that the whole, bubble gum stuff yeah, that whole gets patched. <laughs> it's in, literally the same frame, yeah. frame for frame. It's yeah. like the same animation. So this is where, this is where you're seeing the budget of the show <laughs> poke through. Uh, they literally reuse the same exact frames where that dude pulls that lever and then the pink bubbles yeah. fly out and they fill up a hole. Whatever. I like that stuff. It's cool. So, but Amaro has a focus problem here. This is again. This is where I was talking about that hyper focus with him earlier. Yeah, he's obsessed with taking out Char. Char or the or Zaku. Or, or, I guess, yeah, just yeah. the Zaku's at this point. And so everyone on White Base is like, dude, you've, you've got to get on yeah. the ship. We're out of time. Yeah. Four and, minutes was up a minute ago. Yeah. Get the fuck on the they, ship. They even, they even, they're like, he's going to burn up. Like, we can't waste any more time. We got to go. Down. Yep. 
And so they, they it's, it's, there's a there's kind of a funny bit oh, again because Sale is like yelling for Armoro and then Frank comes up with Ryan and so the, it's just, the starts to yell for Armoro too and so he's like you can't hear you yeah, <laughs> yeah. where's Armoro but Sale's like Armoro can you hear me Armoro then Frank Armoro he can't fucking hear you yeah <laughs> so what the fuck are you yelling for right <laughs> it was they I which I think they sort of just explained it's like it's like radio interference from re- reentry right yeah. like you just you, you can't hear him which and, is true that's a real thing and <laughs> right and and at this point Reed is pissed. And this is the second the second time that they all get threatened with court marshals. Yeah, he, he's just like he, this. Reed is this, fucking this fucking kid it. just destroyed our secret weapon yeah. because he didn't obey your orders. We're, we're the the capsule got blown up. We're barely gonna get this ship into Earth, and now we have no one to guide it. Bright tells him to shut the fuck up, and Mira's like, <laughs> "You shouldn't be saying it." Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so and, and Amaro just he just flat out misses his, his opportunity yeah. to get in here, but um, because the Gundam could do fucking everything. Well, because you got to and he read that manual or all of two minutes. He remembers, oh, it was designed for reentry, and it has like a giant shopping bag. This is I refer to this as the space poncho. Uh, he sort of just it's th- a giant trash yeah. bag. He throws this giant clear trash bag over the Gundam's head. It's so fucking stupid. Yeah, <laughs> and this film just stops. It stops so- the fight. Not only does it, Sean, not only does it like dissipate the heat, but like there's this temperature change that happens in the frames of animation where it goes from red to blue. Yeah. And we're going to give you the, like the impression like, oh, oh, it's, oh no, it's nice and cool it's here. Working. Yeah. Oh, it's working. It's minty fresh. It's so weird to see this show that be grounded in scientific facts and like theory in yeah. some areas and then just pull shit like this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was like, you know, like they probably had a small animation staff. And so some episodes are like episodes are being worked on at the same time. Right. And so while one episode's being worked on, you know, Tamino's probably off like working on the ne- the story plot or whatever for the, ne- right. the next one. And so he's like, I don't know, if I can throw a wet blanket over him. I don't, like, I don't care, right? Like, so. Amaro is a wet blanket. <laughs> yeah. So like, throw an Amaro over it. And our unlucky friend Crown, who's one of the uh, Zeon pilots in Izaku. He's all upset. He starts burning up in the atmosphere. He's like, I can't make it. Commander Shark can help me. Yeah, and come Commander rescue Shark me. is like, I can't tell if because the delivery is so funny. For Charles, I was like, Crown, you've gone too far. We can't get you. There's nothing we can do. Oh. I think he's I <laughs> I think he's actually broken up about it. You think so? I like he feels responsible on some level, like that this guy was overzealous and did not escape okay. from the gravity of, of yeah. Earth. But but he tells him he's like He does well, explain like your death won't be in vain. Yeah, like we um, were because guess what the yeah. Gundam chased you right and that thing's gonna burn up now but it's a very long winded delivery because it cuts back to Crown and, like his ship's falling apart so in my head like Crown doesn't hear any of that he probably doesn't <laughs> no he probably is just panicking because he's on yeah. fire he's on fire and, um, then, and then again he melts but Shar Shar thinks though like okay the Gundam chased Crown into uh, the gravity of Earth and yeah. now that's gonna burn up on reentry so mission accomplished now we're just gonna take out the white base unfortunately he does not know about the space poncho right so the although you can imagine showing, of course it's got a space poncho. <laughs> uh, White base uh, makes it makes it to Earth, and they cross their fingers and open up the blast shields and look out the window, and the Gundam's there, and, and it's not just there. It's, ah! Yeah, it's like it's a full on <laughs> Superman in space. Like Woo! I did it, yeah. jazz hands, right? <laughs> um, and so th- there's this mixture of like relief and also like. Man, fuck this kid. Yeah, like, Bright, again, very, like, Bright very much has a moment yeah. like, man, that fucking he, kid. He's like, I'm glad he survived, but he disobeyed orders again. Yeah. Like, so the Musai has its its own capsule with Shar. Yeah, that's uh, enters Earth as well. As soon as he gets there, he rings up his boy Garmazabi, and he's like, "Hey, brought you a present. <laughs> you know Project V?" And he's like, "Yeah, know all about that." 
uh, I brought it to you. Yeah. You should uh, launch some ships and go take it down right now. Because <laughs> that's when we find out, like, oh, the white base and crew are completely and utterly off course. They right. are deep, deep in Zeon. Yeah, they land, They made it through. Yeah. But because I guess maybe that's what the Salamis capsule was supposed to do was to, like, guide them not into Zeon territory. Right. But they are deep they in the heart of Zeon territory. deep in garments. We don't know where. Yeah. I don't think at this point. But uh, quite yet. No. But, but they're in they're in Zeon controlled land. And that's actually that's where we, we first learned that, like, Zeon has taken control of parts of Earth. Yes. Which is kind of impressive, right? Yep. They're in a colony that, I don't know if we've learned it at this point or not, but they're the farthest from Earth. Mm-hmm. So they've covered some distance and had some successes in battle. Yeah. Uh, aside from the, you know, the colony drop in the intro, which I, I don't even know if we ever talked about that. But anyway, Garma sends out a Gao, not from Final Fantasy VI. That's a different one. But, uh, <laughs> I'm Gao! Yeah. Which, uh, Let's fight together! Which yeah! I, which I, is another Xeon ship. It's I, a, uh, attack carrier the gal, okay. gal attack carrier yeah and yeah so i i basically like you know the white brace crew was relieved and then the uh the refugees we cut to the refugees and they're they're just sort of taken in earth oh that's earth and that's real ocean oh, and that's the, the real story. sky yeah. and like a lot of them have never seen it before i'm gonna go back to that coffee farm i think one of the old guys talks yeah, about, he, yeah. he'd been talking about it in the beginning of the episode i think it was this one yeah. where, about uh He's yeah. gonna go. Well, I got coffee beans. I'm gonna go plant them. And I was like, "That's cool, whatever." Which, by the way, I'm if, fixing your I just want you to know if coffee is a rarity and you see, you know, 0079, I, I don't want to be there. <laughs> I don't function that well. And then we sort of end up with uh, Garma pulling in behind the white base, and and he looks at it and he goes, "Oh, this ship is a class of its own." And uh, and that's it. Yeah, that's where we we leave off. Next, uh, the next episode, episode, Garma strikes. Garma strikes. It's episode next, six. The next. next uh, Suite of episodes we're going to go through is kind of the Garma arc. Episodes six through ten, kind of we'll cover. Outlines Garma, Shar's relationship a little bit. You get a little deeper into Shar's motivations, his ulterior motives, other goals in oh. mind. Yeah, you mean it's not just a, it's not just he's the not glo- just, the glory he, of the Gundam, it's not just the glory of the Gundam. No, yeah. So a lot of some 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 interesting stuff happens with White Base and crew. Some some more slaps. <laughs> yes. I'm excited. Yeah, I'm. Uh, I'm like. I'm, I'm. You're liking it so far, right? I am. Good. good yeah, good. we are watching the Blu-ray rip of uh, these these episodes, which I I want to say was like a 2011 release. So it's it's cleaned up. It's not the mm-hmm. original 1979 like grainy ass 35 millimeter film. Yeah, animation or you know whatever. So it's not bad. And the dub was from like 2000 or something. Yes, yeah. it's, it's fairly new. You know, overall, yeah. it's. It, so buy it on either digitally or um, physical copy on Amazon. So yeah, I'm enjoying it. I'm enjoying it. I'm gl- I'm glad that you you got me into this and we committed to doing this dumb thing. Any thoughts? Any any closing thoughts? Anything we should prepare for? There's so much, so much more. To go. <laughs> uh, we walked through a lot of detail these first few episodes, mostly because not a lot actually happened story wise. No, it's a lot. It's a lot of uh, white base getting chased. It's a lot of just yeah, chase, and then Char like I'm gonna get you, and then then I don't, <laughs> and yep. uh, and then just finding out like oh, everyone everyone kind of sucks in their own in their own special way <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> and the thing that sucks the most is war. Uh, I want to thank you all for joining us. If you are so inclined, please give us a follow on Twitch, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook at the Voxelist. This is not the only thing that Sean and I do. We uh, we primarily stream on Twitch. Yep. Retro games, and space stuff, Gundam games. If they were good, they're not. You can follow me uh, on Twitter at Justin Meter and uh, Sean. Where can people follow you? Well, on people, can, people can follow me on uh, the Action Boots 
to be actually it's on Twitter. All right. If you'd like to write in with any questions, comments, corrections, I suppose. Uh, <laughs> you can send an email to podcast at thevoxelist.com. And if you're feeling generous and would like to support the show, you can make a small contribution over at thevoxelist.com slash tips. All the money's going to go into improving the quality of the show as well as uh, my gas tank. Yeah, they were just hiring new hosts. <laughs> <laughs> That's how. There's new people to do this because you don't. Yeah. Improve it. Uh, th- thank you guys again for listening, and uh, we'll see you all next week for episodes uh, six through ten of Mobile Suit Gundam. <laughs>